Okay, so hello, I'm Alex from Coffee and Alex. Could you introduce yourself, Squams? Yep, uh, I'm Squams. I'm an artist from London. I dabble in design, graphic design, illustration, and a bit of street art. How's it going? Yes, <laughs> very good, thank you. <laughs> um, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Just kind of chilling in Greece still. It's pretty all right here. But um, yeah, anyway, I think like a good place to start is the skeleton people because that seems like pretty predominant. Like, how did your skeleton people kind of come about? Well, so I, I created this character when I was quite young, actually, maybe about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved skeletons. I loved skulls at the time. <laughs> and I used to draw them, like, just everywhere. I think it was the... I don't know. I think I, I just loved illustration. And skeletons in particular I loved because I always seen it as something that really unifies us as a people. Um, no mm-hmm. matter sort of like what, obviously with a few discrepancies kind of under all of our skin, we all have very much the same frames or like if we were just bones, you know, we're just, I just always sort of seen it as uh, humans with like x-ray vision kind of thing. <laughs> so that's that's why I really enjoyed it, I suppose, because I felt like I didn't have to create whole different personalities through the drawing or through illustration of humans that I did want to include in my drawings um, when it was more when it wasn't necessarily their aesthetic that I wanted to connect with my drawings. Yeah yeah no I definitely noticed that and I'm pleased you kind of said that because that's kind of similar to to the second question I was going to ask like because I noticed with all your drawings you've got all the skeletons which are roughly the same but then you've got loads of shit different like different shit put on them and stuff and I kind of thought there was like a unifying kind of vibe there you know. Yeah I suppose just um, the fact that we have bones um, I suppose uh, and I, I, I like I enjoyed drawing it a lot I suppose I felt like it was like I said as a kid it was just something I drew a lot um, and I really enjoyed it I suppose I never really thought too much about myself uh, becoming a street artist or getting into the painting scene <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, I was lucky to grow up in northwest london where there is a mm-hmm. lot of graffiti well there's a lot of art and there's a lot of uh graph that's done by crews and stuff that stayed there a really long time throughout most of my childhood so i suppose uh walking up and down my high street i always just felt so inspired by mm. like of illustration it's kind of more 2D style, like uh, with drop shadows and this kind of thing was, I do believe, really popular at the time and the kind of thing that really resonated with me. Yeah, my um, first, the first kind of stuff, the first kind of time I saw that stuff was going to Brighton because there's obviously loads of stuff there in Brighton. Have you been like down there yeah. before? Um, well, since I started, uh, become, since I started doing art freelance, I actually haven't really gone to Brighton but uh, there have been times in my life where I have spent a lot of time in Brighton yeah um, and yeah I suppose 
it's, I do feel like it's, it's very similar to London in some ways, and then it's just very its own city and others, but it's very like, it's a very creative place. Um, it's by the sea, I suppose. Uh, there's a lot of young people and there's a lot of creative energy, even I suppose like the pier in Brighton, that kind of stuff. Um, the lights on the pier as well as like the um the attractions coin mm. pushers like that kind of thing is real more inspiration to me i would say personally so but can, yeah. since becoming an artist my appreciation of different styles has definitely expanded so like the community and like that community vibe was a big push for you kind of becoming an artist um in many ways yes i suppose i think uh I guess I grew up with the intention of always having art as a hobby. And I think that uh, the environment in which I grew up and perhaps the time I grew up, it was just promoted that like there would be no careers in art, there would be no money, and there would be no <laughs> jobs, um, which I suppose as a young young person, I believed until... I was at university doing a science degree mm-hmm. and I just found I found like a lot of sanctuary in art I suppose like I started illustrating again then sort of uh, around age 19 mm. and it was becoming it was like a massive therapy for me like, I was really quite in a not the best place mentally and it had been suggested to me that I journal mm-hmm. and so I had been journaling but then sometimes in my notebook I was beginning to draw again and it was I found it just in, like incredible how much of a release that just drawing something was because I suppose it wasn't me having to ask myself what the issues were I was just sort of like doing a drawing finishing it looking at it and being like wow like <laughs> you did that you know and that looks kind of good and so I think it really reintroduced like a a lot of emotions that I hadn't been in touch with for a really long time. Like, mm. uh, on a, you know, on some scale, I would say it's pride. Like, to be able to create something and to create something subjective, I suppose, that you're like, actually, you did that really well, instead of sort of feeling like uh, it's, I think it's difficult to compare yourself against others when it comes to art, whereas, like, other things, sometimes you can feel less less intelligent or you know it's interesting um, it's interesting that that was kind of like with a uni time a uni period as well because I feel like it's almost like you're making the box that you want to fit in rather than trying to fit into the box to pass university if that makes sense yeah no for sure yeah um yeah and through during that period I suppose during a few years there I began to meet um many adults Mm -hmm. that were artists as their jobs in all sorts of different types of ways but they were working to create sort of creative opportunities for young people or they were day in day out sort of playing with plasticine or drawing or um, screen printing or all sorts of things that I suppose it really opened my eyes to be like well actually there's almost a career in anything if you try your best to be a part if that's the career you want you know yeah, having faith that is actually that could be a reality. 
Yes, but it wouldn't be handed to you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and if, you, if you keep something as a hobby, I think, of course, there are some exceptions, but if you, if you mentally keep something as a hobby, it will just always be that, you know? True, yeah. Although then on the similar, like, I completely agree with what you said, but then also I think having it as a hobby can be a good starting point, which is basically kind of what you're saying as well, because it keeps yeah, you I regularly practicing. Yeah, I definitely right? agree with that as well, yeah. Yeah. Although I guess you might not be as like, we are talking about like reflective practice a bit before this started. And I guess like if you're doing it as a hobby, you might not like reflect on it as much because there's not much as like need to make it better, if you know what I mean. Yes and no. I suppose it depends on like the length of time you do it for, because I guess um, sometimes, yeah, I would say certainly doing stuff as a hobby or as a passion or perhaps it being your outlet is um, like, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily try and pick something up and just try to maybe have a career in it. But I think, I suppose it definitely depends on reflection. And I suppose you might think that you're working towards a certain career path that actually brings you so much stress that you really need to find an outlet. And perhaps it might come to the point where it's it's hard to get the balance, I think, between being like, I want to keep this as my outlet to being to transitioning to perhaps saying, like, I think that I could do this day in, day out. Um, I actually really I could introduce pressure. Yeah, no, I actually really got what you were saying about kind of doing it as a kid and then finding it again when you were going through a hard time. Like I used to write a lot kind of during primary school and like my teachers mm. were like, oh, he can write. You should keep him writing. And then I kind of stopped. And again, it was like 18, 19, when I was having a bit of a rougher time that I started writing again. And I was more writing for myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think like rather than art therapy, like art as therapy, I think there's a lot to be said mm -hmm. for that, you know? Well, I think that there are so many different kinds of people. So that's definitely something that I would encourage others to think about. And I think there are just so many different sort of uh angles at which you can i think hit creativeness and i suppose yeah exactly like you're saying for some people i think that art is the therapy uh like producing the art is the therapy and then i think there's no issue with having people whose therapy is to view it and appreciate it and enjoy it and um, mm. to accept that you know it's been made for the pleasure of other people and i think uh I think the most important thing is about staying true to what your outlet is. So it's like if you want to learn to draw or if you want to learn to paint and you're passionate about that, I think definitely go for it. Um, but then I think I would definitely agree. I've met some people who sort of see see the enjoyment that others get from painting perhaps and are just so hungry to taste that feeling. Mm. But I feel like within their attitude and their practice you can see that like um it's it's fun for them but you can also see that it's not it's not that sort of free flow of uh, energy release for them you can see that it's actually causing them more stress so i think sometimes it's like uh, of course like do as much like try as many new things as possible i think but um ultimately what I've definitely, one of the most valuable things I suppose I've had through becoming an artist is meeting others who just 
in a very easy way we can just go to a wall or like get a big sheet of paper and it's just we can just like <laughs> take a pen or take the paint and just create something and um I don't know it just really works because you know and you feel like it's just obvious that you you all got the same feeling and uh to be fair like I've spoken with people who have other creative outlets like skating like skateboarding or something mm -hmm. for example and it's really interesting to to discuss like these feelings that we get through like uh, finishing a piece or learning a new trick or something or even just like getting out of your head and like going to the park or going through the wall to just find out to ask your body like what the issue is and then sort of afterwards you're like man my mindset is different I feel so much better I feel good about myself uh, and in many ways it's like the opportunity to just like spend that energy around like-minded people I think that is really valuable. Skating is actually like a huge thing because I think there's I think a lot of people don't get how many like how like there's a whole like kind of artistic ethos in skateboarding which I think a lot of people don't know about like I don't know a huge amount about it but I just know there's a lot of different styles and variations across the place and like different videos made to kind of like capture different things like um but yeah no for sure I thought like with the painting as well I mean I'm not a painter like at all but um I got taken painting like to a wall and stuff during lockdown and just like leaving lockdown and like being around people and stuff like that and just kind of painting whatever on a wall was like such a release you know during that period. I think I was with you perhaps the first time you painted. You were yeah. the very first time. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fun. I, I liked remember. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I first met you, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then like, I got taken out with like kind of Aubrey and that lot kind of a little bit later on during lockdown. So I've been a whole two times now. But um, <laughs> yeah, going back to you. Um, it was interesting because you do quite a lot of other stuff. You do the illustration and the graffiti. It's interesting, like, as a kid, there were both kind of influences on you then. Um, but, yeah, what is you do, like, animation and stuff as well, I saw. Like, I saw a few little animated clips of, like, your skeletons. Have you been doing, like, animations long or? Well, I have definitely always been interested in animation. So much to my parents' dismay, I... <laughs> adored cartoons like as a child um even when I suppose like you get to that sort of begin to get to a teenage age and um people are like you know you're growing up now <laughs> you yeah. can't be watching like Tom and Jerry or like Powerpuff Girls or <laughs> I love Beavis and Butthead um <laughs> all sorts any kind of animation I just loved it especially like Hanna-Barbera stuff um basically anything on Cartoon Network mm. and um so I always had a love for animation I had an interest in stop motion so when around the age of 19 when I started sort of drawing again um I that's when I sort of probably I started animating properly so I think that's another thing that sort of re began to reintroduce like the anatomy of my skeleton character to me because mm. so what I did was I drew out my skeleton in like a very I don't know if you you know like they used to have these toys where it's like a piece of cardboard and then you cut out a figure of like a man or a woman 
and then you cut out like figures of their clothes but they have like tabs so mm-hmm. you can dress them differently or sort of move them yeah yeah and um basically so I sort of created a version of that so I sort of created I drew like the ribs and the pelvis and then I drew like the thighs and the knees and the legs and the feet and the hands and I, I gave it like four different heads perhaps and then so I had this sort of 2d mannequin 2d homemade mannequin that I began basically playing with I had one sheet of a4 paper mm-hmm. and that was my frame that was like my window mm-hmm. and I began like taking I would like put my skeleton take a picture on my phone <laughs> move it a little bit take a picture on my phone move it a little bit take a picture on my phone (laughs) and um that was sort of like my first introduction to animation like I remember I worked on that for a while not like crazy long I suppose like a few weeks every day I come back from uni and just want to spend like hours on it yeah and I suppose that that sort of thing as well made me begin to think like um do I enjoy this because I enjoy this or do I enjoy this because it's not my uni work? I, I just didn't really know. But um, creating an animation like that was really fun and it helped me sort of expand the movement within illustration of like my character positions. And then as I later, a couple of years later, uh, maybe like one or two years later, when I decided to maybe become an artist, it was more then that I was creating animations. So like, I, I I was really, really, really keen as well about making art on a budget. Yeah. So kind of realizing that you don't, don't actually really need to put any money in or uh, wouldn't require, if you wanted to encourage others to do it, it wouldn't require them to pay for any packages or anything. So um, I didn't, I had this like, I used to use this uh, website. I don't know if it still exists, but it was called Toolpick, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, it sort of emulates, it's like a mixture of like Photoshop and paint or something, but it's just on a website. And then you can download the things that you make without a watermark or anything. So I started sort of creating, transferring my digital illustrations. I mean, my normal illustration, my freehand illustrations to digital that way because I didn't have a scanner either. So what I would do is I would draw it. I would take a photo on my phone. I would mm-hmm. upload that to this website. And then I would like work with the levels so that all of the, the whiteness on the paper was like very white <laughs> and all like the, the ink of my drawing was like very black so that I could like cut everything out. And then I would use this program then to create each frame for the stop motion so I would have my layers or whatever have my figure and then maybe on the next layer next layer I would like remove a letter or I would move things a bit save that and so I keep saving and then I would go on this website I think it's called (laughs) gifmaker.me and um, basically there's another free website and then you can upload all of your frames to make a GIF. And so you can choose the speed and you can choose if it like loops or ping pongs, I think. And mm-hmm. um, some of my animations, I would like literally be trying to put in like 300 frames in. And then uh, it would like, if you didn't do, if you didn't get everything in the right order or something like that as well, it was completely messed up. So it was like proper labor of love. 
you complete that and then you could download it as an mp4 instead of a gif and then so i just had a collection of these that i was making for fun and then at the time because i was living in leeds and there's a lot of uh, creative people or creative young people doing stuff i guess there was events every night so it was very quick to have someone say perhaps like oh will you do the visuals for like my band or will you do the visuals for um our event because they'll you know mm-hmm. it's the standard really do you know have a projector and have some stuff playing yeah, too for sure. um so it was cool to have a space that i could actually utilize these videos yeah um, i mean they've got a lot more there's a lot more colors in them now from the ones i saw on your instagram um the one with like yeah. the boxing ring so there's a skeleton yeah. and he's yeah it's like kind of cheering himself on in the mirror um there's a lot kind of going on there so like do you kind of use a bit more like advanced stuff like now or do you keep using the kind of same free software and like you know what you're doing a bit better i would say i still use very similar like very similarly what i used to do is what i do now but these days if i was to create an animation i do it on procreate mm-hmm which does cost money. Uh, I think it's about £10, but you buy it once and you don't have to pay uh, to use it. And um, it's it's like a, an Adobe app for iPad mm-hmm. and you're working with pixels and it's a drawing app. So I use that. And then I would say what I do now, which I didn't used to do, is uh, when I create animations these days, I storyboard them first. So I do try and create myself like a comic strip perhaps of, uh, I don't know, maybe four to 10 scenes that I would want. So instead of, so I think before maybe my my GIFs or my animations would be like one of the scenes that I create now. And I'm trying to create more like episodes if I was, if I am to create a video rather than to it just be like the one background kind of thing to combine, combine I- them. Mm. Um, yeah yeah no I think your art like I think your skeleton people and stuff I think they really naturally lend themselves to animation so yeah it'll be cool to see kind of where you go with that um we're kind of running out of time a little bit we've got eight minutes but there's two questions I kind of wanted to ask you so the first one I just wanted to ask you about was that um shutter piece you did with the cat with the the skeleton Mm -hmm. coins on um was that kind of a part of a shadow gallery kind of thing or was that kind of a piece you just did kind of recently yeah, so that was organised and arranged by our friends at Bud Studio <laughs> and Made in Tottenham and Haringey Council. So yeah, I yeah it was, was part amazing. of the Shutter Gallery um, that they organised. And so I was paired with Hoshima, mm-hmm. which is like an Asian cuisine, Asian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, so I suppose the project itself, it's quite like uh, the organisations running it more pair the artist with the store and um, the there is not necessarily a relationship needed uh, for the artist and the, uh, and the store. Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose as, a, as an Asian Londoner, I was really interested to work with another sort of British Asian, um, British Asian com- like company restaurant like yeah, group yeah. family people that that make stuff and um, basically I I wanted to do it was nice that I didn't actually have to create anything for 
the restaurant necessarily. But um, sometimes in my commission work, I've been asked um, to do the work, but perhaps not do sort of skeleton stuff just because I suppose at this point in time, it's not my intention. But some some people sort of like do relate it to death or other sort of demonic. I don't know. It's too I think it's too risky that sometimes people are cautious that they sort of asked me maybe not to not to overdo it with the skeletons which I was fine about because I think um, when I started illustrating again as I was older skeletons were like something that was very private to me so only more recently um, since I started painting at first I didn't really want to introduce my skeleton to the world because it has like a lot of um importance to me for like some private reasons I guess I can talk about another time but Mm -hmm. uh, I was drawing more other things and a lot of my sort of poster work or uh, design and animation work in Leeds or Bristol I was working too is like it wasn't necessarily my skeleton stuff and I was drawing other things and when I first started painting I was sort of painting a mixture of things, but it was only when I started painting the skeletons was stuff sort of staying or were people sort of uh, messaging me saying, like, oh, I've seen your pieces, Can we, like, we should go painting. And then so that's sort of where I started doing the skeletons again. That I guess I was happy to have the opportunity to design some, to draw something that I would like to draw. Um, and just to show that, I don't know, just to do other things as well, which I really, really liked. And then I managed to sort of get the skeletons into the piece as well by making them the heads of coins. Mm. Um, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that I thought was like a discreet way to get it in. But I really enjoyed the opportunities to, to do something different. And that was a quite big shutter. It was like three metres by five metres. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it was a fun challenge and it was really, really, really nice opportunity actually to paint something different that is hopefully going to stay for quite a while. So I think so. The yeah. cat looks brilliant. I mean, it's a good cat. But um, yeah, I definitely get what you mean with the with the private thing. I mean, obviously not particularly, but um, I never let anybody read what I wrote when I was younger just because it was for, for myself, you know. So you kind mm. of like keep it safe. And then it's a bit bit scary sometimes to put it out there. Which brings me to the last question, which is just a nice question, but I've been asking everybody kind of like, what advice would you give people who wanted to kind of make it as an artist or start up in art? Well, I think I lightly touched on this before, but Mm. uh, any, I think this is a conversation that I've had with loads of friends. Mm. And I think, I think if you believe that the art industry is dying or if there's no jobs in it, then I do believe that that mindset is very dated. And I think that if you want to have a career in the arts, I think that's very possible. Um, But I do think that the most important thing is to be true about what area of the arts you would be the most beneficial in and therefore enjoy working the most. Mm. And I think uh, very similar to what we were saying before, you know, it's like uh, some people, some, for some people, the therapy is making the art. And I think that's not the case for everyone, although that might seem like the most fun. Um, I guess it's like, I don't know, but like... Um, 
Yeah, go on. Because there's so so much like so much that's necessary behind the scenes. Like every artist as well, I would argue, you can do a lot of stuff by yourself, but without a team behind you like things are much much harder you know like Mm. and I think within your team it's important to have like other artists like contemporaries perhaps that push you elders that like give you advice that you respect but then you also need people who maybe are good at sourcing like outlets that you can share your work with people who um are good at online or like there's so many different things just beyond being the drawer within the art industry that I think some people would thrive in. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. in many ways could still keep and um, keep the keep whatever they're doing as their hobby their hobby and grow on that because perhaps that they would then get into a situation where they could make a job out of that. But I think for some people, um, just like I said before, it's like the art industry is so huge and there are so many jobs beyond just being an artist. And in many ways, if it's money that you're looking for, being the artist is definitely, is arguably nowhere near, nowhere near like the most fruitful (laughs) of all the jobs uh, within the industry, you know. So I think it's about like trying out all sorts of different things, speaking with as many people as possible and just sort of also seeing like where your skills lie and um, what you could get an enjoyment out of and balancing between, I suppose, like, what you want and what would allow you to financially support what you want and things like this. Well, uh, I would say the most important thing would be yeah, just to talk to as many people as possible, try as many things, but to also be like as open-minded as possible about how what sort of different jobs there are in the industry. 